Just a quick note before we jump into this episode. This summer, Dan and I will be taking a break. We'll spend time with our families and attend workshops and conferences to continue growing as leadership educators. Our plan is to release four episodes this summer, but we'll see what happens in the world. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we invite you to check out some more you might have missed during the year or revisit some of your favorites. Dan. Do you think our audience is ready? I'm sure our audience is ready for this. All right. Well, welcome to a special summer season of the Leadership Educator Podcast. I'm Dan Jenkins. I'm chair and associate professor of leadership and organizational studies at the University of Southern Maine. And I am Lauren Bullock. I'm an assistant professor of instruction at Temple University. This summer, we are releasing four special episodes for leadership educators. And today's episode features Dr. Keith Herndon and Charlotte Norsberry. Welcome to the show, y'all. How are y'all feeling today? Uh, We're great. Awesome. Glad to be here. I'm so excited to finally have you all on the podcast because as far as origin stories go, um, y'all made quite a splash with us and in particular Keith. So you may, and Keith, your name is, uh, is announced on every single episode of the podcast and our, and our closing notes as a, uh, and thank you for your, for your ongoing support of this, of this project. And so I was going through not only jogging my memory, but even doing some, uh, some archive uh, Gmail searching uh, right before we, we jumped on. So we, we met um, at the 2016 Association of Leadership Educators Conference, which was in Sacramento. And uh, Susan Lucci, who we're actually going to have on this, this summer too, as one of our friends of the podcast. Um, so she had taken on the role of facilitating our mentor-mentee program, which was for any new first-time uh, conference attendees at ALE, just as a way to welcome folks and, and create some nice nice synergy and, 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 you know, really kind of push that, that culture. And much to my luck, there I was, I'm paired with uh, this brand new conference attendee, uh, Keith Herndon from Georgia. And uh, I learned a lot about Keith very, very quickly, went out to dinner, had a nice dinner and had an opportunity to just interact a couple of times. And, and Keith talked my ear off, which was great. And I learned a ton about what was going on. I think you even referred me to a, a faculty member that we now have uh, teaching part-time for us every once in a while. And, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and we stayed in touch a little bit. And then you embarrassed the heck out of me in a good way. Um, I remember this at the, it would have been the 2017 ALE conference in Charleston. And um, I guess there had been some, you had offered to provide some type of support for the, uh, for the conference. I, I think sponsoring the opening reception or, or something like that, which was extremely generous of you. And, but what I recall, and I don't know if I'd ever, my face had ever turned this red before, uh, was the opening session. And they asked you to come up and just say a few words because of the role that you had played in providing some support for the conference. And, you know, you said a couple of words, you said, Where, where's, 
where's Dan? Where, where's is Dan Jenkins somewhere in the room? And I was like, oh no, what have I done now? And, and uh, he said, you know, I just wanted to thank Dan for the hospitality um, last year at the mentor mentee program. And, you know, I don't know if I would be here um, again, if it wasn't for Dan. And I just, I, you embarrassed the heck out of me. So I think I waved and I was like, oh my goodness, what have I done? <laughs> But um, but I'm so glad that we had a chance to to connect when we did, and I'm so glad you came back and that I didn't I didn't scare you away. And so that that turned into a friendship. And then during our 2018 conference, um, you had attended. Uh, we had a couple of fan meetings, the uh, focus area networks within ALE, which um, I was voluntold, I guess, and ended up volunteering for the, the teaching and andragogy and pedagogy group. And one of the things that came up during those meetings at that conference was that participants and, and conference goers, they really wanted a podcast as a professional development, like value add, They're like this would be a great way to get information. Podcasts were kind of all the hype at the time. And you and I had struck up a conversation about that. Um, and we ended up having, again, going through my notes, this is ridiculous through the, the Google archive, Gmail or whatever. In August, 2018, you and I had a phone conversation. And um, that was right before I was going to go on sabbatical. So um, you, you said, hey, I think I might be able to support this. Um, you know, I want to continue to support ALE. And this sounds like a project that would make a lot of sense in your role at, um, at UGA. And uh, when I came up during my sabbatical, I spent a couple of days with y'all at Athens, which was a complete blast. Got to go to the UGA Tennessee football game and watch the dogs beat the snot out of the volunteers. <laughs> we got to go onto the archway, got to see some folks ring the bell after the game. We even saw somebody propose on the quad after the game. This is everything that I can I can recall. Um, and I got to meet Charlotte, uh, who gave me uh, quite the uh, quite the podcasting 101. But I'll but I'll, I'm going to tell that story in just a little bit. But all right, Keith, how much of that is fabricated and how much of that is is factual? No, I mean I think that there was no. <laughs> There's no fake news in that uh, in that introduction. There, you you nailed it. I think that the the interesting thing um, about that conference when we met the first time in, in Sacramento is that it kind of laid the foundation for my involvement in ALE, and it has certainly become you know my academic home since then. You know, we've had several uh, uh, opportunities to present innovative practice papers at the conferences. <clears throat> had the opportunity to have several of those uh, published as papers in the Journal of Leadership Education. And, and uh, so the work that we've been doing, you know, through the, the Cox Institute since then and with wonderful students like Charlotte Norsworthy, um, uh, this has been a tremendous uh, partnership over the last five plus years. Yeah, no, and again, I'm so glad that, you know, as luck would have it, we got we got paired up and, and I continue to do that mentor-mentee program. It's such a great part of what ALE has to offer and just the way that, uh, it's so important to build that community and that community of learning. Um, and and they just, you know, I remember when Susan introduced that idea, I think it was at the 2014 or 15 conference. It wasn't that long before that. I think maybe we've been doing it a year or two. So, yeah, so so Charlotte, and again, I was going, going through notes and I was like, that's right, Charlotte and I had quite a conversation. I had a little bit of experience doing, gosh, I got recruited by my high school choir director to run sound and lights for when for like the auditorium to do core choirs from other schools would come and use our facility or or do or uh what do you call it like theater production i mean it was very basic like can you run a soundboard and turn some lights on and off i mean but so i, I knew how to use a little bit of stuff but i'm looking at my notes here on everything from using audacity to 
what types of mics we should use, using Podbean, which is our podcasting service. Um, you shared with me about the lead podcasting, uh, a podcast project that, that y'all were involved in. Um, gosh, even like some things about how to, how to use Audacity to use some of the noise reduction settings. And you and I, I think we even set up a couple mics and did a, um, a, a quick one through, run through, maybe recorded five or six minutes. And then you showed me how to edit some things. Gosh, talked about, um, and a couple podcasts that I guess I was supposed to check out, but I didn't, but I'm going <laughs> to go back and I'm looking at some of the, some of the notes here, but that was so, so helpful. It really brought down my anxiety of how to do this. Um, and then once I opened up Audacity and we, we ordered everything you, you, um, had suggested. And then was it, was it Mark, Mark Johnson? Is that who I also met that day? Yeah, Mark, Mark is uh, one of our uh, professors here in our college. And he's also the chief technology officer for our college and, and uh, uh, is involved in specking out all of the equipment that we okay. use for different projects. Okay. Yeah. So between Mark and, and you, Charlotte, um, we got everything we needed. Um, although we have not, unfortunately, we haven't had had a chance to use some of the stuff for a live taping, which we're hoping to do uh, since we've been doing this on Zoom ever since the pandemic. But we have got everything that we need to perhaps go to an ALE or an ILA conference and, and record live, which is absolutely on our bucket list. And hopefully we get to make that a reality sooner than later. So so we, so we, not only do we want to embarrass the heck out of you and thank you for all the um, knowledge that you've dropped on us, but um, also, so y'all won a award for a paper at a recent ALE conference called Leading by Ear, Podcasting as an Educational Leadership Tool. Um, and that was because you won the uh, conference paper award, it was also published in the Journal of Leadership Education. So kudos to y'all for, for that publication. Um, can you just yeah, share a little bit about like, where did the idea for that come from? Like, how did you end up taking that idea that started in the classroom and then, you know, pushing that into to what became a conference paper that, that won, won the award? So Keith, uh, do you want to start it off? Sure, I'll uh, I'll start it and then and then turn it over to, to Charlotte, who was the actual lead author on the paper. But um, I, I want to give a shout out for the the approach that ALE takes, uh, both in the conferences and the journal, in terms of giving voice to these innovative practices and these innovative practice papers, because I think that that there's tremendous value in. Uh, placing some of these pedagogical tools and things that we do from a practice perspective, you know, putting some of that in the framework of a lit review or literature review, and then writing a paper around some of these things provides a lot of value. And, and I found a lot of value in reading other people's uh, innovative practice papers as well. And, and so I think that's a really valuable contribution that ALE does uh, for our field of, of leadership, no matter, no matter whatever discipline you, your context that you're teaching leadership, because, you know, Charlotte and I approach this from the context of, of journalism and media, right? Uh, but, um, you know, so <clears throat> the idea then is we had been doing this podcast uh, uh, with some other student leaders and hosts before Charlotte became a student, and then Charlotte took it over. And um, when Charlotte took it over, we really moved it more into being a teaching resource, and uh, Charlotte did some things with some of our um, uh, with some of our other courses where she annotated uh, how the thing was put together and actually, um, um, you know, turned this into a a, a true teaching tool. Um, and and so uh, I, I thought that it made a really good topic. Um, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna push back to you a little bit, Dan. 
you and and your and your co-author in your book had talked about uh, podcasts being very vital tools in leadership education. So reading your book and then doing our own podcast, I kind of put the two together and said, oh, we can we can we can convert this into an innovative practice paper to explain to other people how this comes together. And then Charlotte being uh, our graduate assistant and was doing a lot of uh, work on the podcast was the natural person then to uh, to take this and, and, and take the lead and be the lead author. I will give a shout out to, to Charlotte. Uh, she's now graduated, has her master of, uh, her master of arts um, in journalism and is now fully employed out there and, and also back teaching a course in, uh, with us in our in our program. So Charlotte, talk some about uh, the elements that you um, put together in terms of, uh, of developing the podcast as a teaching tool and then how we translated that into the uh, innovative practice paper. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, and, and I think Dan can speak to the process of, of learning by doing in podcasting. And a lot of that started when uh, you know, he and I sat down for a while and just sort of went through the motions of all of the technicalities of what goes into producing a podcast. And I hope that, you know, the result in doing that for you, Dan, you sort of have realized that it really feels way more complicated than it actually is when you actually start doing it, which for me was very encouraging at the ability to, um, you know, spread the word, if you will, and, and to really get other um, uh, educators, classrooms, courses, uh, built around this idea of, um, you know, uh, of, of spreading content through the mechanism of podcasting. And sure, podcasting definitely had its moment, you know, in terms of how um, new and exciting it was a few years ago, but it's still a ultra valuable tool that is still being used and listened to by millions and millions of listeners all over the world. Um, and, you know, we all have our true crime podcasts of choice um, and it, it bringing, bringing that sort of mentality into the classroom was uh, just a natural fit for me. Um, I was a student who then sort of uh, moved into this role as a graduate assistant uh, and then now I'm, you know, on the other side of that role, and now I'm actually teaching and developing courses. Um, and so I've been able to sort of see the process um, from an undergrad all the way through to an instructor role, uh, and have really come to realize uh, how engaging the mechanism of producing a podcast and then having that product at the end to be able to listen on the go, listen in between classes, pause, play, rewind. Um, it, it's a very timely uh, effort to incorporate into your classes um, and one that is then timeless because it's captured in time and you can reference it for semesters and semesters to come, which is sort of how we've ended up. You know, I love that you both shared not just the integration into your schools like industry. So you're based in news um, and but also this, how do we teach leadership in a different format? Um, so I love that you're sharing both because they're going to see this as future professionals and they're going to have to learn how to write for podcasting as well as write for news, magazines, media. And so it's this really interesting way to get them engaged, but it's also a skill you're teaching them for life as future professionals. Um, I also teach in a school with journalism. So I'm in the Klein College of Media and Communication. And, and in my 1000 level communication course, I get media studies students, I get journalism, I get public relations, I get advertising students. And at first they don't see the relationship. Like, why do I need to learn about being a leader? I'm low man on the totem pole or low person on the totem pole. 
And in my class, I use it in a similar way. Like you're going to have to learn multiple types of writing, but also you are going to get to a space where you're going to be a manager or a leader. And so if you, if I can teach you both at the same time, um, as well as do something different that your other instructors aren't doing, you're going to be more committed and not only engaged to cl my class, but it's also a great way to kind of get you tied into the leadership area so that as you grow, you end up becoming someone who will naturally jump into that space to learn to be a lifelong leader. So I love it. Um, I also do want to throw in there. So the mentorship program started in DC at ALE. Susan was my mentor because we are literally eight miles from each other every single day, pretty much, especially now that I'm teaching at home. And that program was instrumental in me coming back to ALE. So I am now I'm actually an introvert and I hated going to conferences because I didn't feel like I knew anybody. And it was the first conference where I felt like I knew people on the first day and they genuinely wanted to learn. And that sense of belonging that was created kept me returning and coming back. So just to, I didn't drop that in earlier, but I wanted to drop that in now. Um, and, and kind of pivoting to uh, a little bit more about podcasting. Um, Charlotte, can you talk a little bit about your role in the podcast? Like we've heard a lot about Keith and, and his work. Lena. What did, what were you specifically doing the last couple of years? Yeah. So I was sort of the one woman band, if you will, on the production uh, and execution side of the podcast. So um, it really only takes one person to, to put a podcast together. And I want to say that. So that way it, again, is encouraging for, for other people. Um, uh, it can be done. Um, and so basically what I did was I helped coordinate all of, you know, the lead is a, is a podcast that's built around interviews. It's about a 20 minute per episode. I call it a commuter podcast because students, it's, it's a nice chunk of time that students are in between classes and can listen to an episode. Uh, I have my, you know, that audience in mind whenever we were producing the podcast. Um, and so I coordinate the interview. Uh, again, this was pre-COVID, would sit them down, would conduct the interview in person um, and would manage all of the technical there would edit the podcast um, and then uh, submit it and produce it. Um, uh, so that way it could be distributed on various podcasting platforms. Um, and so that was that was really my role. And then on top of that, it was also working with Dr. Herndon to, and now Keith, I have to get over that. Uh, he was Dr. <laughs> Herndon for me for so long and now he's Keith. Um, uh, and so working, working with him to also sort of um, you know, establish, you know, what are the types of people we want to bring on the, to the podcast? Where can we encourage more diversity in the voices that we're uh, giving light to on our podcast? And also what else can we do with this? You know, what else we have this product here uh, that is so valuable and, and can be used time and time again. And the, the timeliness of each episode, you can listen to episodes that are four years old and still take nuggets of wisdom uh, on leadership, project management, all of these, you know, writing, storytelling, these skills that definitely translate outside of the realm of media and journalism. Um, you know, this is something that can be, uh, you know, definitely scaled up. And so we worked together a lot on that strategy, um, developing an ebook um, on the podcast to again think about how we can make this content more accessible. Uh, the ebook was definitely more geared towards those in the journalism industry where we pulled out nuggets of, of wisdom from the podcast up until that point uh, and broke it up into chapters on things like ethics, leadership, uh, you know, storytelling and that sort of thing. Um, and again, you know, producing these sort of innovative practice papers, incorporating it into courses. So it was, it was a lot of overall strategy that, um, that Keith and I ended up working together on. 
So I, I would add that uh, when Charlotte uh, moved more into her graduate assistant role after she finished her undergrad degree, we brought on another student, an undergraduate host, uh, Caroline, uh, Caroline Odom. But then uh, Charlotte moved into the role of being the producer. She kind of replaced me and then was the teacher mentor for our other student host. The other, the other thing that I want to point out um, uh, that Charlotte was able to bring a, a significant level of quality to what we were doing. Uh, we um, uh, kicked it into another gear and the, the podcast won uh, first place in a regional uh, uh, journalism student podcast competition. Uh, the, um, the digital anthology that Charlotte just referred to there uh, became a, uh, uh, a really interesting <clears throat> ebook project that was published by Kendall Hunt as an ebook, uh, an academic publisher. And then that won uh, two gold medals in the 2020 ELIT uh, Book Awards. Uh, it, we took a gold medal in the current events category and a gold medal in the uh, best use of multimedia category. So, um, uh, so Charlotte brought a level of quality that, that turned the podcast into an award-winning um, uh, proposition. Um, so we're now, we just completed the 10th season of the podcast and uh, we just announced our new student host who will be taking over one of our uh, new graduate assistants uh, in the fall. And so the project now has its legs um, it, it, it started with a student named Daniel Funky back, uh, you know, uh, five years ago, uh, passed uh, through several student hosts, uh, Charlotte kicked it into a different, uh, a different level, and then we're just keeping it going. And, and I believe it's now something that is uh, uh, firmly entrenched in the way we want to think about uh, teaching leadership as, and, and using the podcast as a tool, both for students to listen to media leaders talk about leadership but then the people who are producing it, getting some hands-on experience. You know, it's interesting that you talk a little bit, you both mentioned the uh, awards. And I know that when you start out, you don't say, okay, I want to win this award. It's really about how can we make this a meaningful project? So I'm curious about like, how do you strategize like Charlotte or, or Keith, how did you set a strategy or kind of what were your goals with the project? Once you got everything, once you were, you know, doing episodes and doing interviews, like how do you take it to the next level where you say, oh, let's write a book or, you know, let's, let's do something more meaningful. Can you talk a little bit about that? I can talk about it from my perspective, because uh, I think maybe Keith will have uh, a bigger one since he knows more of the back end. But for, from my role, um, you know, as the, the host and producer and then eventually executive producer, as Keith mentioned, um, my goal was always accessibility. And that was my priority from day one and, you know, remains my priority even now in, in the small role that I, that I still have um, is, is, you know, how can, how can I see this as a way to, again, scale up this project? I am learning a lot of information from doing, learning by doing, um, but I, I also can, can see where there are opportunities to bring other students, other educators uh, into this experience with me and get this, not only the product, but also the experience um, into the palms of other people's hands. And so how can I do that? And how can I work with Keith to do that? And so uh, that was sort of the main foundation, at least for me, uh, getting the podcast onto multiple platforms, for example. When I took it over, it was on SoundCloud. And by the time I left it, it was on uh, more than a handful of, of the more um, 
uh, accessible and commonplace platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Um, that was just one example of how students can be able to tune into the podcast with greater ease um, and a small step. And then again, bigger steps being can we develop an ebook that is clickable and folks can listen to those excerpts that they are also reading? And how can this be a, a text that's used in courses? And what can we uh, you know, build to then deliver to educators so that they can seamlessly incorporate a project into a course? You know, all of those sort of recommendations, it just sort of, you know, the, once the gears are spinning, you can't really stop them. And so you, uh, all of the ideas sort of uh, blossomed from that point. Yeah, I think that Charlotte really hit on the phrase, the word there, accessibility. And um, uh, with the current generation of students that we have um, and, and Charlotte being part of that you know, group, uh, both at the undergraduate level and at the, uh, at the graduate level, we, we, we understood that podcasts are tools that students will use, right? And when the, uh, when the pandemic hit, uh, Charlotte was my uh, grad assistant in um, our big giant intro class, which we call it Media News and Consumers. And with the experience Charlotte and I had with the, uh, the lead podcast working together, and she was my graduate assistant, my graduate teaching assistant for that class, we came back from spring break and had to convert that class immediately to an online platform. Well, we decided we're going to convert the class to a podcast. And, uh, and so for the last six weeks of that semester, um, we created a podcast and it became the media news and consumers, the podcast. And, um, and when you go back and look at the student feedback, um, what we did during that you know, emergency converting was taking the concept of a podcast and turning a class lecture. We had several guests that we were planning to bring into the classroom anyway. Those guest speakers became guests on the podcast and, and it just spoke to the idea of accessibility. The same thing happened uh, this past uh, fall when we have something that our institute runs, it's called the Journalism Writing Lab. And the Writing Lab is a really hands-on thing. We want our students to come in and learn about writing from a journalistic perspective in our lab. Well, with the pandemic, we weren't allowed to have that. So Charlotte, working with our writing coach, uh, was Nick Childs. He's a former, um, uh, well, he's a Pulitzer Prize winner and a best-selling author and uh, uh, and he's been with us uh, while he's doing his grad degree in our program. He's getting his Master of Fine Arts with us. And he's been our industry fellow and our writing coach. Well, Charlotte took the concepts and the techniques that Nick talks about in the writing lab and did five bonus podcast episodes that we call Writing Essentials that then became uh, teaching tools for our intro writing classes. And oh my gosh, the feedback that we got from the writing and from the instructors of our, of our class, uh, the feedback that Charlotte got from, uh, from the students that, that, that use those, um, those podcasts, those bonus, those five episodes, it just spoke to this whole idea that podcasts are accessible ways of transmitting information and in and, and ways that's really kind of intimate you know, because you're, you, you have the guest, you have the people in your ears and you're carrying it around with you on your phone. And, and it just, it just makes this experience a very intimate way of transforming, of transferring information. And uh, so we're, you know, I, I mean, 
with what the experience that we had with the lead podcast, and then the experience we had converting a course to a podcast, and then converting our writing lab into a podcast, just underscores the ability of uh, the things that you can do with with podcast formats. Yeah, and to also, have it on reserve. Oh, sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say that you have with somebody like Charlotte is required to make that happen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shucks. Um, But I was also going to say the uniqueness about podcasting too, is that you always have this material on reserve. And so these students really appreciate, you know, students always request to have slides posted and always, you know, want to have that sort of backup uh, comfort layer. And one thing that I've gotten in terms of feedback from students has been, it is so fantastic to, you know, dog ear, digitally dog ear, uh, certain episodes that have resonated with me or certain writing essentials um, that I need to remember whenever I start a new semester and I have to get back into the groove, uh, you know, listening to these episodes again, uh, help me do that. And so, um, you know, even receiving that feedback of the longevity of the material that's specifically utilized in podcast form just also showcases that, that this is something that, you know, it creates a sort of more of a lifelong learner uh, out of these students in terms of continuously coming back to these resources. Yeah. I love no. that y'all. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say really quick. I love that y'all share that because it reminds me of uh, Life Kit for NPR. And it's these little nuggets that you can go back and listen to. And the topics are stuff you've, you've probably learned about, but just re-listening helps to kind of refresh your memory. And I think that the these podcasts seem like uh, easy, low-hanging fruit for students to jump back into the semester. Like I would have never thought about them in that reusable way, more or less, um, like I thought about them, here's a way to develop your skills now, but, but I love that you shared that little nugget. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that's so interesting and, and unique. And I think innovative about the way that Keith and, and Charlotte approached this project was it's not only the skills-based development, you know, you're going to produce this, you're going to mix it. You're going to be, you're going to host it. You're going to bring guests on and learn. I mean, there's so many skills you're developing there is, and not only in media production, but as a qualitative researcher, for example, but then also you're, you're creating this content for your courses that you said, you've got these little digestible nuggets. And, and I, I just, I love that because, and you, and you were um, speaking Keith about um, the book Kathy and I wrote, and I, I went and pulled, pulled the, um, the little, you know, sub chapter or the little section from that book. And so when we were putting together a lot of that content, it would have been like 2017 because the book came out in 2018, although a lot of it came from my dissertation and, and articles I'd written and stuff. Kathy, I mean, it was just this compilation of all kinds of, of, of pedagogical, you know, mind dump that we just geeked out on. And so I was looking at it and what we actually referred to, although we, we said, we certainly said, Hey, we could do this with podcasts. We were talking about an activity that was in the um, Leadership for a Better World, which is the the book that um, Wendy Wagner and Susan Kamavez wrote about the social change model. Uh, I think that came out in 2009. And there was an instructor's guide that came with that. And one of the activities, which I'd used in a class a couple of times, was to grab an episode of the NPR series, This I Believe, which was a storytelling uh, series where ordinary famous people would discuss their beliefs and little stories. Um, And so the idea was grab a couple of these, um, and students would listen to a few of them and write down some of the values and beliefs that came out of these episodes. And I was like, well, this could easily be replicated, excuse me, replicated with a podcast or webcast or video blog. Podcasts were like 
kind of coming on the scene around that time, 2016, 2017. They're nowhere where they were. I would love to look at some data um, to see, and maybe we'll put that in the show notes of like the podcast listenership. Like, and maybe one of y'all can, uh, maybe you know that much better than than I do with some of the work that you do. But I remember I was I was trying to find our notes, Charlotte, and it turned out that I had handwritten them and not put them on my uh, iPhone notes app or whatever. But what pulled up um, before was I had tagged like you say, like dog earring, I had tagged a article from, and we talked about this uh, publication on the podcast before called Faculty Focus. And they had a 2015 article called The Power of Podcasting Redux. Um, And it literally talks about, and I was saying, you know, that anybody's, I mean, we could have been informed by this where there, some of the ideas are, are, are similar about not only using podcasting as, um, as a uh, skill development, but also using it um, for teaching content because, you know, there's a quote on there that says, hey, there's something comforting about hearing an instructor's voice, you know? And so if you were to use an instructor's, uh, the instructor actually doing the podcast, but it's 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 so much more than that because of the way that, that y'all have, have introduced that. And I remember I had written down some notes um, next to this, you know, dog earring of this article where I, my notes literally said, hey, I could have students subscribe to a leadership podcast for a semester and then critique it based on their readings from the semester. And then they could like compile that on a Google doc or something, which is interesting. And I, and I haven't assigned that yet, but I'm wondering, hmm, I'm teaching this class in the fall. It might be interesting to have, you know, graduate students in particular who are learning about leadership theory. What would they think about some of these top leadership podcasts? Like, is it what a good friend of mine always refers to as it, is it uh, airport leadership book quality? Um, or is it like actually theoretical? Is it grounded in theory? Is it more grounded in experience? And both are fine. Um, but it's just, I would be curious to see like, if you were actually going to critique it, what would that, what would that yield? And then I've got one more thing I want to add. And then I'm curious what, uh, what's going on in, in y'all's brains before we wrap up. I did finally assign a podcast for students. So we, there's a podcast called Women at Work that is published by Harvard Business Review. And they published a, an episode in 2019 called Seeing Ourselves as Leaders. And they also wrote an article on HBR and they had also published an article, um, the journal of titles not coming to me, but I'll put it in the show notes about leadership origin stories. And this was to be like a narrative project um, that students would talk about like, how they saw themselves as leaders, um, but but more appropriate for, for graduate students versus just doing a leadership philosophy or something like that, which would be very appropriate for like an undergraduate leadership class. And they look through themselves as f- through four different lenses and also talk about some of their social identities. And so they listen to this podcast, read this article, write this, write this paper, and they and all the students said it was really great to use a podcast as a teaching tool. I hadn't thought about doing that. And so um, both through y'all inspiring us to, to think about this stuff differently. Um, I think that is what really had me going, all right, if, you know, if Keith can do it, why not me? Why can't we do it? And Charlie can do it. Why, why not us? You know? And so, and here Lauren and I are doing our podcast for the time that we've been doing it because of some of the inspiration from, from y'all. So I'll be quiet. What, what, what do y'all got to, got to add? Well, what I would, I would say that, you know, you you were, you're, you're dead on in terms of, you know, the growth of podcasts. And, uh, you know, if you look at it from just the commercial market of podcasts, um, you know, back in that 2016, 2017 timeframe, you know, it was, you know, annual audience on a podcast was, you know, 50 to 60 million, you know, people were listening to podcasts. Now we're more like 80 million to 90 million uh, uh, people, you know, are tuning into podcasts. Uh, podcast revenue was well under 200 million in 2016. Now podcast revenue is going to pass, it's already passed the billion dollar 
advertising mark. So when you when you're closing in on a hundred million audience and you've passed the billion dollar mark, podcasts now have become you know big media business, and 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 you can see that um, uh, uh, you know transform you know the way a lot of media companies are approaching approaching that. You know I, I want to go back and just mention a couple of things and and that that Lauren had, had brought up about you know, uh, the, the, the nature of our podcast is in the context of, of media. And so we call it the lead because we bring on media leaders, primarily people in the news media business, and we want them to talk about the challenges they face because we find it really important for students not only to hear people when we bring in guest speakers, but also in this, this, this realm of, of a podcast to just hear people talk about the challenges that, that uh, you know, media leaders face. And, and Charlotte mentioned the idea of diverse voices and bringing in a lot of different types of, 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 of people um, onto the podcast. So if, if, you know, if your listeners wanna understand the type of guests, they can just go out the, as where Charlotte said and you know, look for the lead podcast from the University of Georgia's Cox Institute and, and, uh, and go back over our uh, 10 seasons. Each semester is a season. So we've been doing it for five years, fall and spring semester. And so we have, you know, 10 seasons of, of episodes. Typically each season is six, six interviews. So, you know, that's a dozen interviews we do in an academic year. And, uh, and that's just a rich treasure trove of media leaders talking about the challenges that, that, we, that we have. So Charlotte, you wanna to add to something about that context? Yeah, I, I'll just add to what uh, Dan was talking about, about um, you know, the different levels of sort of uh, academia. And you know, one thing that I think is that, that ought to be stressed is you know, challenging academics to uh, engage with academic material in these you know, new and innovative ways. Coming again, fresh off of grad school, this is a very, you know, uh, a hot, hot concept for me. But you know, it, it was, it's, um, it was really challenging as a grad student, um, you know, to to trudge through, um, you know, the mounds of academic material. And what was the most valuable for me was the three-hour seminars where we could sit and discuss all of it and digest it. And if there was a way to capture that those discussions and be able to listen to them on repeat, uh, to really understand you know, what Dan was mentioning, theory, or these different, you know, academic concepts, um, that, uh, that you can do that in a way that's not airport leadership, you can do that in a way that really gets into genuine, legitimate academic discussions, but again, are more digestible, more accessible to different types of learners, um, you know, which is a concept that I feel like people don't talk about in higher education. They talk about it a lot whenever you're in fourth grade about what type of learner you are, uh, but you're still that same type of learner whenever you're trying to get your grad degree. Um, so, you know, that's something that I think should, should definitely be legitimized um, at this level. Those are some great points. And I love that you shared that it's almost a, a challenge to educators. Uh, one thing I've, I'm always focused on is K through 12, they do so much with everything. And in higher ed, it's really kind of hit or miss. Like there are some, some people that do just by the nature of their industry, like media is one of those spaces where you have to teach students to produce something. And I think I love that, 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 that you're saying that from your experience, that was the most helpful thing because, because I, 
I, I agree. Um, I think the podcast almost take the discussion boards to another level, like discussion boards, you're, you're crafting your thought. It's well thought out, you know, hopefully, um, but with podcasts or recorded debates and things like that, you really have to not only listen to what the other person is saying, but you've got to quickly construct an argument. And I feel like when people say critical thinking, that's what they're looking for. How do we how fast can we construct an effective argument to get buy-in, not just share information or tell people things, but really um, listen and, and, and put the information together in a way that is, is meaningful, but also supports what you're trying to persuade that person to do. I feel like that's our task as, as, as professors and, and those that are instructors to really think about how are they taking this and making meaning of it. Um, so we'll also list, definitely list your podcast in the show notes. Um, is there anything else that y'all would like to offer about your development as podcasters, just meaning like it is a skill you have to embody before you can teach. Is there anything that's helped you out uh, in developing that skill? Well, what we're doing this summer is a little bit of a fun project where we're kind of leaving the topic of leadership and media behind. And we're doing a, a 12 episode, um, we're calling it a case. Uh, and you'll understand why, uh, because the type of podcast we're doing is called The Wines We Drink. Uh, and so Charlotte is the, uh, uh, and I are co-hosting this uh, fun summer project around um, uh, understanding the differences in wine. And uh, each episode uh, is, is involving uh, opening a different bottle and talking about the varietal and the different tasting notes and and things and, and trying to explain that you can enjoy wine in a non-pretentious way and, and have fun with it. Um, so we chose the, the wine category because I love wine and have spent a lifetime of learning about wine, but we also wanted to do something that would um, give me some more hands-on experience in terms of producing a podcast and producing the show notes and just understanding more of what goes into producing a podcast. And then Charlotte being the, the technical side, it's a, it's a chance for her to educate me a little more on the platforms and how all these things work. So, um, so it's, it's our summer project. Charlotte, you want to talk about our summer project a little bit, our Wines We Drink podcast? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's again, another example of uh, a different subject and a different um, you know, level of seriousness that can be translated really well onto this medium. Um, and it's been a fantastic um, learning opportunity for me to, again, continue to uh, stress the main skill that I think is needed in any new or innovative endeavor, which is, you know, being adaptable and being willing to learn and being willing to uh, be the student always whenever you're going into these new projects. I mean, and for me, that is my exact role in this Wines We Drink podcast because I know zilch about wine. Uh, and except now, now that we've recorded our first six episodes, I feel like I, I know a little bit more and I feel a little bit more experienced. But, um, you know, even my perspective and my role in the podcast as we were recording was that of the learner. Um, so I think not only, you know, it was a twofold for me where I was learning in terms of on the production side and I'm continuously doing so, but then also in the actual recording of the episodes, uh, Keith is actually teaching me uh, and I am learning how can 
I, how can I learn to maybe be a little bit more pretentious with my wine selections instead of, you know, just choosing based off of the label. Um, what do these different words mean? And, you know, that sort of thing. And so I guess just always being willing to learn and being willing to fulfill that role is always going to be fruitful. So, so that podcast uh, uh, debuted on June 2nd and we're dropping one podcast each week. They're about 20 minutes in length, give or take. And so it's, it's uh, following Charlotte's rule of the, of the commuter podcast length. And so, uh, uh, and then I mentioned that we're doing it for 12 weeks. Uh, so it started, uh, it started on June 2nd and it will uh, run until uh, Charlotte and I are back in the classroom on August the 18th. So it's our, it's our summer fun project to learn more about podcasts and how they come together and how they get distributed and we're also going to be playing with some of the social media aspects of how do you promote a podcast on social media and uh, and just how do you get the word of mouth out of something like that. And um, and so for me, being an old professor, it's uh, it's just a chance for me to uh, play with this um, with this medium in a different way. But also, how does social media connect to the podcast and different and different things? We will have its own little uh, Twitter account and its own little Instagram account, and, and we're just going to play with it. So please, um, uh, when you're not listening to uh, Dan and Lauren on leadership podcasts, uh, please come and listen to me and Charlotte on our summer wines we drink journey. <laughs> I love that. That shouldn't be a hard sell. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, I love this. I love this, and I love how you've you've kind of hit you've hit some pedagogy inside of uh, inside of a, a podcast about about why. So well, there's a lot of pedagogy in there. There's a lot of that. There's a lot. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, Keith and Charlotte, thank you so much. I'm so glad we finally got to have you on. Uh, on the podcast and and just learned a ton. And I hope that our listeners get to not only learn some things about wine, but also um, get a chance to learn some more things about using podcasts as, as a teaching tool and in, in, in whatever educational space that they're in and, and hopefully as well uh, with teaching, teaching leadership. So that wraps up this episode of the Leadership Educator Podcast. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. And we hope that you get a chance to take a little break this summer, enjoy some time with friends and family and, and maybe a couple glasses of wine. Thanks, Thanks to you both. Also, for this episode, we're asking for some audience participation. Please go to our new Twitter handle at lead educator pod, that's L-E-A-D-E-D-U-C-A-T-O-R-P-O-D, and let us know what you think. Would you use podcast episodes or invite students to produce their own in your leadership course or program? What are some of the pros and cons of using podcasts in leadership education? We look forward to reading your tweets, and we'll circle back in a future episode. We would love for you to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Dr. That's Dr. Underscore Leadership, and uh, Lauren is at M R S L A U R J B. That's Mrs. Laura J B. Um, and you can find the episodes wherever podcasts are available. And we also encourage you to subscribe and rate us five stars. As the more you rate us, the easier it is for others to find us. We'd also like to thank the James M. Cox Jr. Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership within the Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Georgia. The 
support was facilitated by Dr. Keith Herndon, William S. Morris Chair in New Strategy and Management. And our wonderful theme music was composed, performed, and mixed by Dr. Matthew White, trumpeter, composer, and educator. And he's currently an associate professor of trumpet, coordinator of jazz and commercial music, and director of ensembles at Coastal Carolina University. You can check him out at www.mattwhitejazz.com. Matt, thanks so much for sharing your musical genius with our audience. And finally, thank you to the Association of Leadership Educators. Check out what ALE has to offer at leadershipeducators.org. We hope you'll listen to our next episode wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.